The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Down the sideline, touchdown, and he looks the other way, and it's intercepted. Welcome to the Arrowhead Pride post-game show. Inside the five, Watkins to the end zone. Brought to you by 7th Street Casino and GEHA Insurance. And it's Williams with another touchdown. Here are your hosts, Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Welcome in to the Arrowhead Pride Post-game show, Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com here. Uh, Dusty Likens behind the glass, sitting across from Jay Binkley. The Chiefs win their third game of the season, defeating the Baltimore Ravens 33-28 in a game that I think a lot of people thought would be this quarterback battle. But instead of that, it was the Chiefs getting out to an early 23 to 6 lead eventually 30 to 13 and the Ravens really just playing some odd version of catch up you had John Harbaugh going for it uh, for two points and it didn't really make a ton of sense uh, but the Chiefs ultimately win the game uh, Patrick Mahomes the reigning MVP 27 of 37 374 yards uh, three touchdowns no interceptions you want to get involved in, in tonight's show uh, you can text us on the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line 69306, or you could call us 913-576-7610. Bink, better late than never. Better late than never, Pete. That's <laughs> we're what I we're say. finally on the air. Well, you know what, though? Time to reflect. We've had time to reflect. It's not the uh, instant reaction. You know, cooler heads prevail. It usually works out better when you lose, but when you win, it's kind of the same status quo. Like we've all have kind of the same thoughts that we did right after the game. Yeah. I mean, it was just a little bit delayed while we were wait- waiting for the lovely Royals to, to finish up, which they did. Uh, the Chiefs offense, I-, I thought, was was really good at the beginning of the game. Um, it-, it's- it seems to slow down. You know, once the second quarter hit, that's when all the touchdowns came. Uh, and then, again, I-, I think it was just, you know, defending against the Ravens uh, getting uh, back into the game. Great game for LaShawn McCoy, who – entered and was questionable with an ankle issue and fought his way through the pain. I mean, James Palmer of NFL Network tweeted out a video early this morning of him hobbling in, and McCoy gets in the game, uh, ends up having eight carries for 54 yards and a touchdown on the ground and three catches for 26 yards uh, and a touchdown through the air. So Shady coming through on a week that Damian Williams was unavailable. 
Shady was good today. I was a little bit surprised that he was going to be the bulk of the carry, especially when he's, you know, hobbling in, like James Palmer had, where he's hobbling into the game. I thought this might be a time we might see a little more Darwin Thompson. But clearly, yeah. the, Darren Williams for really Darwin Thompson. was the choice over Thompson, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise, uh, but he's been in the system for longer. I think they've kept him for a reason, and I think we saw a little bit of that today. They like Daryl Williams a lot. And, you know, undrafted last year, this was actually a nice pickup by Brett Veach. It really was undrafted, and we've gone over the numbers. I, You know, he had more yards per carry than Darius Geis when he's at LSU. He backed up Geis, and he backed up Leonard Fournette. You know, he's been active every season so far this year, and to me, he was kind of the forgotten guy at camp. We spent a lot of time talking about Darwin Thompson, a lot of time talking about, well, Carlos Hyde, who's now gone, and, of course, Damien Williams as well. But Darrell Williams is just that guy that was there. Now, some of the breakaway speed not there, although I'll say this. He got shoestring tackled there where I thought he was going to break away and actually get into the end zone, Pete. But nine carries, 62 yards. And, of course, out of the backfield, too, five catches, 47 yards. That's the stuff you want. Again, you're seeing the same type of attributes from Andy Reid running backs that you had from Damien Williams. You know, people talk about Damien Williams being an outstanding receiver of the football. But make no mistake about it. Daryl Williams and LaShawn McCoy have shown the ability to run the ball better. Damian Williams has struggled this year running the football. <clears throat> the Chiefs had their most productive day running the football, which I think was a good sign. <coughs> what was that? Was well, that I mean, you, just, you just coughed, so I just did an Andy Reid cough. <laughs> Andy Reid cough. But 140 yards <laughs> on the ground today. This, this was pleasant to me because the Chiefs really had struggled running the football. You go back, you know, the, the – um, Last week against the Raiders, not able to run the ball. 31 carries, 1.4 per. 140 yards today, 5.4 per. And um, 113 yards, 4 per against Jacksonville. This was the best day running the football against the defense in the Baltimore Ravens that are off to a good start. And I know they haven't played anybody, but last year, you know, you're talking about first and overall defense, fourth against the run, fifth against the pass. The Chiefs have faced two very good defenses so far this season. And that's something to like. It's not like Baltimore when, you, when you're facing Miami and you're facing Arizona. No, you went out today and faced a very good Ravens defense. Uh, Wink Martindale has been a great defensive coordinator for them. And you showed that you could put 40 points on the board at Jacksonville and all that heat they were talking about uh, in Jacksonville. But things are starting to come together. We'll get into it more. They can't stop the run still. That's still a big concern to me. But at least this part of the game, this part of the game, Cam Irving was uh, Pro Football Focus's last-rated um, tackle as far as w- with the run last week, number one in pass protection. He looked really shaky at the beginning of the game. I felt he kind of turned himself around. Well, they got. I mean, they got to figure something out there. But the, uh, that, but the, that's but the, not the answer. But the fact that the Chiefs were able to run the football uh, was a very good sign. But Darrell Williams showed, you know, running the football, catching the football, and again, good blocker in the backfield as well. But LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams, very similar attributes. And you can see why uh, Andy Reid has trust with those two guys over anybody else. It, yeah. Well, with D- Damien Williams, clearly with the pass. But I'm sorry, I, as far as on the ground, I think I think Daryl Williams, LaShawn McCoy, better runners than Damien Williams. Yeah, Daryl Williams and LaShawn McCoy uh, combined for 116 yards. I, I think you nailed it on the head. There's still a really clear problem with defending the run. Uh, the Chiefs could have to figure that out. Um, on this show, we're, you're going to get to hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, 
uh, Patrick Mahomes, LaShawn McCoy we talked about, Chris Jones. You can also call in, uh, chat with us. We'll go right out. Uh, talk to Dan in KCK. What's up, Dan? Great team win by the Chiefs and a great running by Williams and, uh, and McCoy. How about that receiving by Hardman? Blowing right past the Ravens defense. And uh, how about uh, who scored that last touchdown? I'm looking at the box score right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one-handed catch by Demarcus Robinson. Great, <laughs> great uh, offense by the, uh, by the receiving corner. How about Frank Clark getting a sack? And how about the uh, – what was I trying to think of somebody else? Uh, it was kind of an odd decision by John Harbaugh to go for two – it was 30 to 13 that, instead of going for the extra point, and that was kind of odd too. But anyway, it was a great team win. Let's take care of the Lions. Take care, guys. How about uh, Emmanuel Ogba getting a sack and a half? How about Emmanuel Ogba lead the Chiefs in sack? A wild and wacky game. I thought it was weird, uh, the two-point conversion, too. McCole Hardman, I think, doing the big things and the little things. Incredible one-handed catch by Demarcus Robinson, and I, I think you nailed it on the head. Three quarterback hits for Emmanuel Ogba. And don't forget, how did you acquire him? It was by trading Eric Murray away to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, through three, as B.J. Kissel put out through three games, two and a half sacks, three tackles for losses, Four quarterback hits. No, I'm not talking about Frank Clark. I'm talking about Emmanuel Ogba, who's sprinkled in there because he's not the starter. It's Okafor to Frank Clark. But Emmanuel Ogba, this is once again a guy that fits into the scheme. Not only that, but a pass defended for him as well. He's now got 18 in his career. Chris Jones, we always think of Chris Jones batting the ball. Same draft, 2016. Ogba goes uh, 32nd overall. Jones goes 37th. But yet, one more pass defended from Ogba than Chris Jones that we always label as the guy that knocks the passes down. So hopefully this is another one of those breach, uh, Brett Beach deals. You bring him in and hope the coaching staff elevates him. But he kind of fits into that scheme. And I was pretty happy how the Chiefs set the edge today. Lamar Jackson really worried me getting outside the pocket and doing Lamar Jackson type of things. I thought the I thought the defensive is except the few well, times I, I when Okafor got his ankles broken. I think the thereby, not literally, but the by bigger Lamar thing Jackson. with Lamar Jackson though to me is, and you're seeing it a lot with quarterbacks. Talented quarterbacks can come in and play the Chiefs, but when you blink, and all of a sudden it's twenty three to six, it changes the whole game. Like Lamar Frank Clark said it in the post game, and we'll get to it. But when uh, Jackson believes he has to make a play and is on the run, his passer rating goes down. You know, and and I just felt like, okay, you're up to a, you're off to a quick lead, twenty three six, and then eventually thirty to thirteen. It didn't allow Jackson to settle in and and maybe do what the Ravens intended to do on offense because all of a sudden you're playing catch up. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I thought too, Pete, as far as you know, who were his main targets? Uh, Hollywood Brown kept him in check, two for forty nine. You know, that was the guy that concerned me with the deep ball. And then Mark Andrews, I know he came in this game banged up. It was a little bit iffy if he was going to play or not. But he had back-to-back 100-yard games as a tight end. They hold him to three catches, 15 yards in this game. Yeah, and he was a little bit banged up. A game-time decision eventually goes. We mentioned Agba. I thought also on defense, Tyron Matthew, just a tremendous game. Uh, three passes defensed. Uh, Frank Clark, who has you know taken a little bit of criticism, uh, was able to get his first sack, so you hope that uh, that can kind of lead to more sacks uh, for Clark. Uh, and again, uh, it's 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 an effort. And, and I think we like we said, you know, we've harped on this uh, going into the season. The defense doesn't need to be outstanding. It just needs to be all right. And, and I, I thought it was another good performance. Not great, but good and good enough. And, and I think that's what you want. Well, last week, Lamar Jackson set the record for most passing yards and rushing yards in a game in the regular season. 
in the history of the NFL. Who cares? Ran for over 120 yards. <laughs> no, stop with the who cares there, Dusty. I, I do think it matters that they were able to set that edge kind of and contain him in the pocket for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, again, I, I think if there's one thing that you have concerns with, it, it's it's Mark Ingram and the 16 carries for 103 yards. Uh, uh, you would just like the Chiefs at some point here to be able to stop one of these really good runners that, that, that they, they're coming into. Um, I thought on offense, uh, again, we mentioned McCoy. McCole Hardman had had the touchdown. Uh, Travis Kelsey with another uh, big day. Seven receptions uh, for 89 yards. And Kelsey made some history um, after the game, according to the Chiefs, with seven receptions and 89 yards in today's game. Kelsey has 427 receptions uh, and more than 5,500 receiving yards for his career. He becomes the fastest tight end in the NFL to reach at least 425 catches and at least 5,500 receiving yards in the Super Bowl era. Uh, Just consistency. Yeah. The the Ravens were worried about Travis Kelsey getting his yards. And and speaking of fast, 21.74 miles an hour, McCole Hardman on the 83-yard touchdown. That is the fastest by a ball carrier on a scoring play this season, according to technology and stuff. Yeah, and I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, again, no one is as fast as Tyreek Hill, uh, but but Hardman is pretty good. And, and I was wrong about this. I thought it would take him a little bit longer, a little bit later in the season before he came, became a contributor. When you have an injury to Hill and you get thrown into the fire, I mean, sometimes you just got to perform earlier, and he's really answering the call. What's three straight weeks? Sammy, Sammy Watkins, the big dog in week one. Five catches, 64-yard, very pedestrian day for Watkins. DeMarcus Robinson, three for 43, including an incredible touchdown catch. But it was McCall Hartman lead the way with 97 yards receiving for the Chiefs. So we've seen a different receiver each and every week with Pat Mahomes putting up big numbers. And today it happened to be McCall Hartman, just two catches, but the 97 yards. And keep in mind, he had that 72-yarder pulled back from him um, in the uh, in the last game where Mahomes would have been over 500 yards and five touchdowns. Right, yeah, and, and I just think, too, uh, when you when you look at the stat sheet and you have Hardman at 97 yards, Kelsey 89 yards, Watkins 64, uh, Darrell Williams for 47 yards, to me, that's part of what makes Mahomes really effective, too, and it's probably an under-talked-about trait in him. It doesn't matter who gets the football, and, and I think that's part of the reason he has so much success and puts up the numbers he does because he's just looking for the read that's open, and and it's it's a way it's the right way to do it. No, it is the right way to do it. And really, seriously, I'll sit here. Tyreek Hill, I do think, makes a difference in this run game. And today it was good to see the yardage because they hadn't been able to run without him. And the fact that they were able to run today without Tyreek Hill because he takes so much attention away from the defense, two guys flowing the direction he goes, but the fact that they were still able to run the football because that's where Tyreek Hill's. I mean, it's a big miss when he's not on the field. And I know people have seen a different receiver step up every week. Don't minimize his effect when he gets out there making this a complete offense. Well, And and you hear Earl Thomas after the game, you see on Twitter that he's saying, I'll see you next time. We'll see these guys again. Yeah, that's true. But if everyone remains healthy, you're just adding Tyree kill back in the mix. And this is an offense, especially at the beginning of games, you know, more so in the second quarter in these last two uh, that that's rolling. That's rolling, and you're going to add Tyree Kill back to that mix, and good luck with that. And here's where Baltimore kind of sits. As we sit here trying to define who's the next best team in the AFC, and Baltimore was kind of carrying that nationally a little bit, this third-best team in the AFC. But again, who have you played? 
And to me, Kansas City is to the Baltimore Ravens what the Patriots are to the Chiefs. Close, but no cigar. Just like last year, the game that went and, to and I also think they can't too. get over that Chiefs hump. It's like it's like the and Chiefs and the Patriots. No matter what they do, I, they can't quite get over that hump. But I think the Ravens, when they play the Chiefs, the Chiefs are just a little bit better. And so far, the Patriots have been just a little bit better well, than the Kansas City Chiefs. So the hierarchy now is Patriots Chiefs, and we'll have to wait and see on the Ravens. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, like this this whole if Houston, who's beating the Chargers right now, twenty seven to twenty. Chiefs could have a two-game lead in the division today. But just see who that next tier is because right now it's the Patriots and the Chiefs. This whole build-up like into else. the game, though, Jay, that like it's Brady-Manning. Like Jackson is not close to Mahomes. I, I think we learned that today. It was a one-on-one matchup, and Patrick Mahomes is clearly the better quarterback to me. Clearly. He is. He's poised in the pocket. He does things. Lamar needs everything else to work. He did get the running game behind him. He did not get the production from his wide receivers. And not only that, I felt the Chiefs were able to set that edge and create a little bit of pressure on him at times. Right. Stuff that he's not used. He's used and again, to getting out of the pocket and making people I just pay, think the urgency. And the Chiefs were there. The urgency helps with that. Like when Mahomes comes in and, and puts up points early and now all of a sudden the quarterback has pressure on Like good luck. Like good luck having to deal with that. That, that of course, goes into it too. Uh, you can reach out to us, 913-576-7610. Let's go out to Neil. Neil, what's up? Hey, good afternoon, guys. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call. Boy, I wasn't even sure if you guys were going to be on the air. I had to call the other <laughs> station, for goodness sake. I was like, what the heck? Anyway, shout out to uh, Chris Jones, Tyron, Frank Clark, and Shady. All had great games. I think Frank Clark finally showing up with that sack was nice. Jones is just doing his thing. He's a bad butt every day. And Tyron, I thought, despite him not catching that interception, I thought he had a pretty good game today, finally, which is nice to see. Now, Moving on to some other stuff, though. I thought the refs were completely ridiculous today. The, you know, when we called for a fair catch on the last drive and they didn't take a single second off the clock, is that a normal occurrence? Or yeah, that, that, do you know? Like that's, that is, that's right. That's correct. What's correct? It, when a player makes a fair catch, then no time comes off. Is that true? Okay, I wasn't sure because yeah. I was like, how could they not have <laughs> Then, you know, it was like yeah. two plays later before they even had the two-minute warning. I was like freaking out about that. But then, I mean, the pass interference call, you know Andy Reid thought that was offensive pass interference. And it was, I mean, how could it be any more obvious? And they, they, even after reviewing it, they don't give it. They don't reverse that. That's ridiculous. They sh- we should have won that game by at least 11 points. I, I was never more angry with a, with a win in my life, probably. I mean, I couldn't believe that <laughs> offensive pass is this. That's why they put the rule in there, isn't it? Neil, did you I play? Mean, Neil, did you place a wager on the game? I did not. No. Oh, okay, no. I thought maybe I, that's I why. Bet. I'm not a betting guy, but I just, <laughs> I'm just freaking, I'm just freaking annoyed. I mean, the Charger game last year, late in the year. I, I am, I'm sorry, but I have a tinfoil hat. I truly believe that the NFL did not want this game to be over as early as it would have been if that fourth down conversion was not – if they didn't make that catch and they overturned it and said offensive pass interference, that game was over. And I, I truly believe the NFL <laughs> didn't want that. The Charger game last year, they would have been out of the division race and we would have had the division locked up, but they didn't want that. They wanted the Chargers to be around the last couple weeks of the season. We had to go to Oakland and take that game seriously. We should have never had to do that. I'm, I'm sorry. I've got Tim Foyle hat. I'm just annoyed. This game shouldn't have been that close. Pete, you were saying it all week. This was a double-digit game. It should yeah. have been. Yeah. It should have been. 
the Ravens were able to crawl their way back in. I'm not necessarily sure that uh, it had anything to to do with the referees. I don't. I'm not into that theory that the NFL is fixed like WWE. Um, so angry. He was very angry. And let's just remember here, people. The <laughs> well, Chiefs, officiating's terrible. The Chiefs All won right. the game 33 to 28. I will say something about the officiating. This thing where you can review pass interference. If it was going to have to be this blatant and it wasn't a true review, don't even do it. Like, don't even do it. Like, what are you doing? You're all, what are you trying to protect yourself from a team losing in the playoffs? Then only have it in the playoffs. Uh, the what the NFL has been saying is, for any kind of interference to get overturned via replay, it has to be egregious and obvious, um, even more so than the the regular replay. But it's just been confusing because. Like you saw today, there was offensive pass interference on that play, but they, they didn't overturn it because it just wasn't uh, obvious enough. And, and I, I kind of thought it was going to go that way, and it ended up going that way. Yeah. Speaking of clocks, and uh, Andy Reid at the end of the first half, if you want to talk about clocks, and that to me that was more egregious than that play. Yeah. Wait, letting, wait, eight, well, eight that's something that Andy Reid has done. And it, it, I mean, it, you know, there's jokes about it, how the time management, but if you're going to call a timeout at the end of the first half there, you have to call it immediately. You yeah, let eight, me, that was more you let eight seconds that, tick off. Yeah. So if you have 18 seconds and, and you're in that, that area, you can maybe take a few shots down the field. You have Patrick Mahomes that's scoring what? 78 yard touchdowns here, 83 yard touchdowns. Uh, give him a few shots. We saw him a few shots. fired up today for the first time in a long time. He did. He did have an anger streak. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Michael in South KC, what's up? Michael? Let's try jo- Joe in North KC from the south to the north. Uh, what's up, Joe? What's going on, Pete and Bink? Love your show. Thank you. I wanted to talk about uh, Andy Reid. I thought he coached great today, not only the game plan, but getting the offensive line ready, they had to make some adjustments. Um, he got hit too much early. That's Pat. He got hit too much early. But once they made those adjustments, he looked comfortable and just carved them up. So huge shout-out to Andy, um, showing again why he's one of the best. You know what? Yeah. Here's the thing. Andy Reid um, did coach a good game. Well, let's make no mistake about it, too, Pete, what this team didn't have. This team didn't have its starting left tackle. This team didn't have its. Yeah, they, they realized real quick running back. that they're going to have to, you know, give give Patrick Mahomes and the O line extra help. They realized, even real though quick. I'm not sure that Damian Williams earned that title as number one running back, as I've said to you before, because <laughs> if they had Shady going into no one was a grudge like Jay Binkley. What I'm saying is, you don't have your number one wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. You don't have your starting left tackle in Eric Fisher. You, you've got a journeyman in Cam Irving trying to fill what I feel is that one of the most four important positions in football. The quarterback, the left tackle, shut down corner, and the pass rusher. You didn't have that. We still haven't had a monster game from Frank Clark. I know we got a sack today, but we still haven't had that monster. What's funny is all the people giving Frank Clark all this credit. What about Van Yogba? Like I've been saying, this guy's been doing it surprisingly well this year, and he wasn't getting the big money. But but the fact is, they did go into the game without their left tackle, starting running back, and then LaShawn McCoy came in with a hobbled up ankle. Right. And yet they were still able to win a game against Shady, what many man. people considered Big spot the today. third best team in the AFC looking to take that jump. The Chiefs did it without being full throttle. Now, I get it. Jimmy Smith didn't play for the Ravens. I do think that matters. Marlon Humphrey did get banged up for a while, so they were without their top two corners. Marlon Humphrey did come back into the game. But again, the Chiefs weren't full go. We haven't seen the best of what this team is yet. And I think the defense continues to get better and we've now seen three sacks in back-to-back games from them. 
The biggest concern to me is still this running game. The Ravens did have the ball five more minutes than the Chiefs in this game. Big part of that was that running game that they had today. And the Chiefs, scored, the Chiefs, the Chiefs were scoring quick, too. Yards. Chiefs were scoring quick, too. There were a couple of drives or three, you know, three plays. Uh, the Hardman, 83-yard yeah. touchdown catch. You listen to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show presented by 7th Street Casino, where it's at. Uh, call and talk to us, 913-576-7610. Chester, what's going on, man? Yes, sir, Destiny Pound. It's a beautiful thing to mm. watch each game when you peak, when you develop, when you put things together, the way that it's drawn up, even the last end of the game. You know, it wasn't all runs, but they threw a, a play in there and they executed. And it was easy for them to run out the clock. When you put all that together in all four quarters, who motivates the motivator? Uh, the quarterback automatically going to get his TD passes, 374. He's going to get his passing yardage. But who motivates him? You know, you surround your core. They motivate each other. They know they're going to peak. They know they're going to have some come out of their pay grade, you know, they already going to get their paycheck and their payday. But now when you see some people moving toward that destiny box, mm. going to get into that promised land, getting closer, hungering and thirsting and tasting and different things, then you're going to see more than agitation. You're going to see them doing things they've never done before, going places they've never been before, and they're going to peak. And I'd rather be 3-0 and and have to adjust, especially on run defense, than to be zero and three and have to adjust. It's better watching the game film and just like the coach said, how about them Chiefs? God bless you. Mm. Who motivates the motivator? Uh, I like, I the like agitation in the winning machine is what keeps the clothes clean, Pete. That's what the Chester once said. But just speaking of Mahomes here, look, what he, 374 yards today, three touchdowns. He's got 10 touchdowns this year, no picks. 443 last week, 378 the week before. These are amazing. He's putting up halftime stats that we would have taken as a full game for Alex Smith. It is just how good Pat Mahomes has been this year. Right. I mean, we were in the days of 250 yards, and if Alex managed two touchdowns, I mean, that was an exciting Sunday. He's got 60 touchdowns (laughs) now in his last 19 games. Very different. Mike in South KC, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, my man? Pretty good. How are you? All right, now I, I just uh, I know you know we won today. Yeah, but you know it was a good deal. But uh, my, it's it's my uh, hats off to Justin Colquitt for breaking that record. Two hundred and twenty-five games with the Chiefs. That is another one of the records broken today by the Chiefs. Nerd. Dustin Colquitt. Nobody in Chiefs history has now worn the uniform as many times. As Dustin Colquitt. You know what, though? I have to give the edge to the guard that went 224 games. Just a little bit of different physicality <laughs> within that. Uh, Andy Reid, by the way, six all-time now in uh, regular and postseason wins. He passes Chuck Knoll today. Rising up he, the ranks. He's 19 behind Curly Lambeau. But nobody's going to catch Don Shula <coughs> at 347. But here's the other thing, too, about the Chiefs, Pete. We're looking at what they're doing in September, getting off to these good starts. 3-0 and last year, 3-0 and the year before. They started off 5-0 and in 17, 5-0 and in 18. They're 3-0 and so far in 19. They're getting off to these fast starts, and that's it. That's including the last two years playing your first two games on the road. Last year was not easy going to play the Chargers, then beating the Steelers. Of course, they beat the Patriots in week one two years ago. This year, they've gone to Jacksonville. Then they went across the coast to Oakland before coming back and winning. 
but they're getting off to a good start building that confidence with their team. Andy Reid gets his teams ready to roll. Now, can he parlay that in the January? We'll see. Andy Reid in charge of getting the Chiefs to 3-0. and You'll get to hear him after the break. We'll be right back. The Arrowhead Ride Postgame Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show after a 33-28 Chiefs victory. Uh, they improved to 3-0. It's time now for the AP Sounds of the Game. And that's brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Hit it! 12th play of the drive. A shift. Let's go on, On the game. McCoy. Touchdown, Kansas City. Shady goes airborne. Receiver. Kelsey in motion, first down Kansas City under eight minutes to go, first half. Mahomes deep drop, off his back foot, uncorks, hauled in, touchdown to Marcus Robinson. Fantastic grab. Yeah, Andy Reid says that Demarcus Robinson is a star in the making. This is a star catch. On the corner route, watch the right hand go up, stop the ball, bring it back to his body. Toe tap in the end zone. It doesn't get any better than that. Beautiful throw and catch. Line of scrimmage is the 17. McCoy remains in there. Mahomes looking to throw it. He will. Delivers downfield. Catch made. McCall Hartman. Goodbye. A blur. Touchdown, Kansas City. They can strike from anywhere and any time. Those sounds courtesy of CBS Sports. The AP Sounds of the Game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Those were the three second quarter touchdowns. So just a week after Patrick Mahomes throws for four touchdowns in the second quarter against the Oakland Raiders, four touched, or I'm sorry, three touchdowns for the Chiefs in the second quarter against the Baltimore Ravens. Impressive. Nonetheless, Pete, are you shocked at all that did it even seem like the Ravens were that close? I think it didn't to me. I think there were two times when I thought, okay, maybe this can get interesting. The beginning when they go up six, nothing, uh, a weird exchange there where they, they ended up going for two and then, and then not making it. And then toward the end, a little bit when they started to crawl their way back in, you know, you know, 30 to 22, I thought not going for you know just an extra point to make it thirty to twenty was odd, but then all of a sudden it was a it was a one score game uh, toward the end. They it was, you know they crawled their way back in, but by then it was too late. And here's the one thing about it: you look at last week, they were down early against the Raiders, ten to nothing. And I don't know if you watched that mic'd up deal with the um, Mahomes mic'd up last week on the Chiefs put it out there. Yeah, and just be enemy, you know, talk. Just, and I get a lot of respect. I mean, be enemy. He kept it cool. He's like, all right, let's calm down, let's chill out. And stuff like that, we'll get it. You know, there's my homes there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you think about all the prima donnas in the league. Yeah, you're calling your your coach, sir, twice. I was impressed by that. But just keep it calm. And we're so used to the Chiefs getting off to that hot start. 
that streak ended earlier this uh, year by scoring in the first quarter because right. it was the second play. But today, 21 straight games of scoring at least 26 or more. That was already an NFL record of 20, 21. But the fact is, you know, this team, I never feel is out of it. Even if somebody was going to be up 21 to nothing, I would not put the Chiefs out of this game. They had, Remember when Ben Roethlisberger took the Steelers back last year after the Chiefs built that early? The Chiefs were able to, to overcome that. Good quarterbacks will do that. It's that fear they strike in the opponent on the other side that no matter what the score is, they have a chance to always bring their team and get back into the game. And we've seen the Chiefs, you know, be on the opposite side of the scoreboard at the beginning of the game. But it, it doesn't panic or panic does not set in like it did before. Even with Alex Smith, we found ourselves in a hole. I didn't know. Right. Because remember, he went years without scoring within the last two minutes of the half of the game before he finally did on a field goal against the Cincinnati Bengals um, the second to last year Smith was here. But I never feel where that panic sets in when Pat Mahomes is the quarterback, even when they're down. Because you, you think they make little mistakes. Andy Reid's going to make those adjustments, which he does. I've seen the defense actually make some Andy Reid-style adjustments at different times, which is impressive. The play calling with Andy Reid had to switch a little bit at the beginning because Cam Irving was getting absolutely torn up there. Uh, McPhee uh, just blew right by him earlier in the game. And then Janon got a, a sack uh, on him when he beat Cam Irving. So I was a little bit really, really worried about Cam Irving in the beginning, but he was kind of able to settle down. And Andy Reid, you know, played it cool with him. You know, I know you can do better, and he did. It's the trust that he has in his players. But I just, when this team is down, I just don't feel like I used to that they can't come back. It's insurmountable because nothing's insurmountable especially when, you, when you've spotted the opposing team points the last two weeks, and it hasn't mattered. Well, when, when you think about it, I mean, the beginning, I think, of last game felt a little bit different because the Raiders scored in the first two possessions, and, and they were doing uh, a nice job, and it seemed like the Chiefs were really confused, and it seemed like Patrick Mahomes wasn't right. And the I, Chiefs didn't score that first quarter, which they didn't want to Right, and I, I think the concern is if Patrick Mahomes isn't healthy, then things start to unravel. But now that he's back, it doesn't seem like the ankle's really bothering him. We saw him scramble early on in the beginning of this game. Yeah, there wasn't really any nervousness. And I think what you've learned now, too, is that the Chiefs scoring seems like it comes in bunches. And you blink. Like, yeah, it was 6 nothing today. And then you blink 23-6 to uh, by the halftime. And, and I think that's something that Chiefs fans could get used to because Patrick Mahomes, it seems like when he gets in a groove, he can score two or three possessions in a row. And a couple things that are going to be talked about with Mahomes today – uh, both I thought were really good. The play fake, where he had the ball hidden behind his legs, you know, into being a nice pass play down the middle. But the other thing, too, on the jet sweep, he was one of the lead blockers. But instead of blocking, you know what he did? He did the smart thing. He slid. Got to protect that was, body, man. There was a time Pat Mahomes would have thrown his body into a linebacker. Got to protect that body. He would have thrown his body into a linebacker, but he slid instead of making that block because he realized he's the meal ticket of this team. But that, that's the learning process of Pat Mahomes. And even though he slid on the play, yeah, I'll give him credit for that because he didn't put himself in harm's way where he could have injured himself, throwing his body into a linebacker. So, again, it's just the little things like that that he continues to do that's impressive. We're going to hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, but before we do, let's take a call. Steve in the Village, what's going on? Hey, uh, I'm a big fan of you guys. You guys do a great job. Uh, how about Daryl DeBarrel today uh, <laughs> running for a bunch of yards? I do, I do like Daryl the Barrel. Ken Swanson uh, coined the nickname. Uh, but, yes, 
uh, out of nowhere, really, because I think a lot of people assume that Darwin Thompson would be the guy, and Daryl uh, had a nice game, Steve. Yeah, he did. He did. I also thought that uh, Nandi and uh, Ward uh, played really well. I know well, Ward better than he has, and, and Nandi had a great game uh, also today on the line. Yeah, agreed. And Nadi, Nadi is consistency, and to me, Traverius Ward, though you do see some struggles as far as the, the, ball, the ball skills that I think Ward has, uh, he's coming along. Like, I think every week he looks a little bit better, and don't forget, he only started uh, playing this much for the Chiefs week 16 of last year, so not even a full year. Uh, Butch in Seattle. Gentlemen, how about those Chiefs, eh? <laughs> All right, a couple of quick notes, and then I'm going to get out of here. So uh, first thing, <laughs> okay. 99 for Baltimore is Matt Judon. I don't want to see him on the field again if we play these guys again. He had a terrible tackle, and Mahomes got up, had a throat slash sort of gesture. Didn't get called on it. He should have got flagged for that. Well, you could uh, blame Irving on that one. Exactly right. Hits, hits, uh, drops his helmet right under Darwin Thompson's chin. Uh, doesn't get flagged for it. Should have been flagged for that. This isn't football with this guy. He needs to amp it down. I don't want to see him on the field again if we play these guys again. Um, second note is Demarcus Robinson. I wrote down he he's saving his young career. What an amazing display to work outside of structure early in his career. Now yeah. working inside of structure, we're seeing him reap the benefits of that. He's been a revelation. And then um, lastly, last note I'm going to make, we talk a lot about uh, Patrick Mahomes seeing a football team the second time around and being good. Well, Andy gets his shot, his shot the second time around. He coaches against the defense the second time around, and he gets better. He gets better, and Pat gets better. I, I don't see how teams are going to be able to beat these guys. All right, I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much, gentlemen. I'll say Pat Mahomes probably first on that. You know, you get him once. Although we saw the Patriots beat the Chiefs twice last year, but I do feel this defense is better than better acclimated to make those changes this year than did a, a year ago. I think the point with Andy Reid is good, and, and it, it's just the sense that he has all these skill position players, and that's one thing, but he, he, you need the quarterback to, to operate, and I think finally he has that guy who can uh, unlock everything that he's wanted to do in his whole career. Nothing you know, nothing against Donovan McNabb and Mike, Michael Vick, but this guy's different, and, and he just allows Andy Reid to do literally whatever he wants. It, he's getting so much respect, too. San Diego Chargers, a.k.a. the Los Angeles Chargers, have officially lost to the Houston Texans. So now the AFC West standings, Chiefs 3-0, Chargers 1-2, Raiders 1-2, Broncos 0-3. So week three, week three, here we are already, and the Kansas City Chiefs are two games ahead of the rest of the division. That's crazy. Hey, but the caller did bring up something too, Pete, about Darrell Williams. Listen to this, these numbers, Pete. Last year at LSU when these guys were there, with Darius Geis. And Darius Geis, you know, was drafted. Can't stay on the field. Listen to this. Darrell Williams, 145 carries, 820 yards, 5.7 per nine touchdowns. Darius Geis that year, 237 carries, 1251, 5.3. So he had 0.4 more yards per carry than Darius Geis. Geis ended up 11 touchdowns, a lot more carries. But listen to the receiving. Darius Geis, 18 for 124, 23 for 331. For Daryl Williams that year, and you'd wonder who was the guy drafted and who wasn't. So, yeah, Daryl Williams is extremely productive, and I'll give credit for Brett Veach for finding Daryl Williams. Undrafted free agent. And bringing him in here. And, he, and when Daryl Williams came on the team, it was a very crowded room, so he's found a way to emerge in that. Again, nine carries for 62 yards today. That's 6.9 yards per carry. But it's just Andy Reid, how he uses his players. 
And I'll go back to this, Pete. This is Wink Martindale. He's the defensive coordinator of the Ravens. Great job last year. He's doing a great job this year as well. This is what he had to say about Andy Reid during the week. And this is this sums up what Andy Reid is in a nutshell. When you think about what coaches think about when they have to face Andy Reid, this sums it up. The defensive coordinator of the Ravens this week talking about the Chiefs. And Andy Reid, to me, is, you know, we're talking about all these young, innovative offensive coordinators. He's, he's I hope he doesn't get mad at me saying this, he's the grandfather. He's the OG of of the innovators of offense. And, and the offense that he has has there in Kansas City, everybody steals from. You know, he's the king of the RPO. He's the king of the shots. He's the king of the screens. I mean, he runs the whole thing. And when having a quarterback like Mahomes, as smart as he is, and, and, and making checks and things like that, it's, it's, a, it's a tough out. You know, I think we're just the men for the job, but it's a tough out. It's a tough out. There is Wink Martindale, you know, being honest. Very good defensive coordinator. You know, we saw the screen work today as well. Andy Reid just calls the right play at the right time for this, utilizing whatever he has, utilizing the players that he has. Obviously, McCoy was brought in here because that trust factor with Andy Reid. He knows what he can do. He knows his skill set. I think that was very attractive to Andy Reid, knowing what a player's skill set was and the type of plays to use them in. It just, he's very innovative. He calls him the OG of offense right here. So you think of Andy Reid in the offense, yeah. <laughs> right now, he's the best in the league. Best of Belichick is at defense, no question, but OG of offense Andy Reed, is one Andrew Reid. Andy Reid got the best of him today, 33-28 to 28 win. He was Reid after the game. Fans, unbelievable. Man, it was loud and crazy down there. We loved it. The field crew, my hat goes off to the field crew that took care of those, that field after the torrential downpour that we've had. And then it was great to see 25 Jamal back here beating that drum, man. What a... Got a big hug from him before the game. It kind of fired me up a little bit. And then, um, you know, the I was proud of our guys, in particular the defense, for bearing down um, in, in the tough times. So uh, fourth down calls, two-point plays, those end up being big for us. Um, really, um, first of all, that's a good football team there. And their two big passing plays were really what makes that quarterback great. I mean, he put it up in um, – in, in, bad conditions, you know, and, uh, but made plays. So he's a heck of a player. John, John Harbaugh has done a great job with that team over the years. I think this is his 11th year, and I'm proud of him for the job he's done. Uh, Frank's sack, Frank Clark's sack, was big at a big, crucial time. Um, you know, you, you bring these guys in here, and, uh, and that's what you, you know, that's what you, what you hope for right there. And, and he stepped up at a, at a crucial time. Offensively, I thought we we did a did a nice job offensively. Uh, Patrick had another big day. Um, the runners uh, combined for over 100 yards. Did a nice job. Receivers, you saw our young Cole there make some big plays, and Sammy made some you know Kels. And then the offensive line—that's a huge challenge. That, that's a physical football team right there. And I challenged both offense and defensive line uh, early in the week, and I thought they they stepped up and, and kept pushing. It wasn't pretty. But they kept pushing throughout the whole game, and we were able to come away with a victory. And then Dustin, 225 uh, games, man. That's uh, pretty pretty incredible. That's a, that's a record here. So uh, my hat goes off to him, and he's still he's still booting. So tribute to him. All right, with that, time's yours. 
that's Andy Reid after the game, and, and I think he nailed it on the head. It wasn't pretty, and that's something you've noticed about Reid in the past. He does always say, we got to get back to work, but at the same time, they got the W, and that's all that matters. Yeah, the W is what, what all that matters, and I think sometimes we're spoiled in the way we've seen some of these uh, these games, finality of them, you know, from 14-point wins to 18-point wins. Five points in the NFL is not bad. It's not bad. This league is built for where a field goal wins here and there, and a five-point win is still a five-point win. I think we get enamored sometimes because college scores get way out of hand between two teams. But in the National Football League, against a very physical team in the Ravens, it's a very good team. But let's face it, the Chiefs played two extremely physical teams already this year and have beaten them. Jacksonville is a physical football team. The Baltimore Ravens are a physical football team, and the Chiefs stood toe-for-toe for them. What did the Jags have? Nine sacks against the Titans this week on Thursday night? Was it nine sacks? Yeah. Something like that. Something ridiculous like that. Didn't happen against the Chiefs, you know, despite some of the things that we think about this offensive line. It didn't happen. I thought the Chiefs actually were more physical uh, than the Jags. I haven't seen that before. I mean, you take out Foles and the, all the big hits. The Chiefs were le- levying on people. And I felt today the Chiefs were laying the big hits, too. I just seen a lot more physicality in this team. Uh, this year compared to last year. The thing you like about the Chiefs is is that they're they're better as the game goes on. I think you saw that in the offensive line uh, today. Let's go back out to Andy Reid. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I I didn't go in thinking that, Adam. I mean, that's not how I was saying. I, I trust that the other guys are just going to step up and and play and do a good job. And each one of them collectively, you know, had a had a pretty good day. So when it was all said and done, ended up. Uh, you know, they, they took advantage of that opportunity having a chance to play. Darrell Darrell Williams had a you know, a couple big hitters there for us down the stretch. You know John's aggressive you know him and he came in, they were four downs and going for two. Was that even more aggressive than you thought? You have to kind of start posting those guys on defense and they go take a breath after the third yeah, down. I know you study all this. So they they were third in the NFL and going for it on the fourth down. So they this isn't something we they, they caught us by surprise. They love doing that. And they have the firepower to do it, and so you got to be on your toes right there. And then uh, they've got a nice package on special teams uh, where they can do some fakes there. They didn't do them, but there were some. Hey, Randy, great seeing you, man. Oh, gun, good seeing you, man. Oh, all right, all right. <coughs> Glad you shaved that thing off. Andy, on the last drive, the third eight, I think it was. What went into the decision? Go ahead and pass it over. The last situation? Yeah. 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 Well, we, you know, we, we go through that um, every week, those situations. And uh, not that you want to be in them, but we go through them. Uh, so with that, um, that was Pat's play. And, uh, you know, my hat goes off to him and Mike and, and that, that room right there is tremendous. Joe Blameyer doesn't get enough credit for all the stuff he does. I mean, he, he's a name behind the scenes that kind of helps feed some of these things that we do um, here. So there, there are a lot of guys that go into this whole thing that we, we've been doing offensively. And, and uh, that one there was Pat's uh, Pat's call. He wanted that play if we got into that situation. And uh, and so... He's giving uh, up the credit there, as you heard. And, and I think the thing uh, that's interesting about Reed is they said, going into the game, Harbaugh might go forward on fourth down. I thought that was a crucial mistake. I saw a lot of people on social media being like they love this, they love the aggressiveness. I just don't think 
handing the MVP of the National Football League at midfield when you don't convert a fourth down is is a smart football move. Yeah, here's the thing, though. You're seeing, and I know the Ravens will go for it. Nobody does like the Eagles and Doug Peterson. But again, Andy Reid disciples in both Peterson and uh, in what we saw in Harbaugh. But the Chiefs, they've just forced people to play differently. People know they have to put up points against the Chiefs. And I think we'll see this more and more throughout the year, Pete, especially teams playing the Chiefs. Is there a certain way to play them? And again, going back, I'll give Andy Reid credit for not being predictable because at the end of the year last year, during the regular season with the Chargers, the Ravens, those game, the Seahawks, the game, and they lost two of those. As we went down the stretch, they ended up losing to the Patriots. Teams were playing the Chiefs much differently. They got more into the ball control mode against this team. And I thought we're kind of forcing the Chiefs' hands. The Chiefs had enough film out there. There were teams were starting to put together. How do we beat the Chiefs? We keep Mahomes on the sideline. We do all these type of things. But I think teams feel a certain responsibility to keep putting points on the board when they can. And you'll see more teams go for it, I think, against the Chiefs because the only way to beat them is to score points. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I, I think having that pressure and realizing the Chiefs are going to put up 35, it makes you think a little bit. And I think you're seeing that. Let's continue on with the Chiefs head coach. Uh, we called it. Is it designed to? No, not when it's designed. It was actually off the play from the week before, but I – uh, hey, you're supposed to know that. <laughs> penalties. Penalties, right? I mean, penalties. We, we shot ourselves in the foot right there. We, we moved right down the field. And then two penalties back-to-back or a penalty and a sack, whatever it was, back to You know, it's, you can't do that. Not against a good team. So you do that, you're going to get behind. When you Yeah, that wasn't – okay, let me just say. So what we do is he has the whole game plan. So Saturday night we go through and we hit those type of situations. What would you like? We said we ask each quarterback what he'd like if it was this situation. So, you know, it's a four-minute situation, third and ten, you know. Uh, and, and so that was his play for that for that situation. But that was already in the game plan. Right, right. But I guess in year two, how much of that do you feel like is, is there more – Yeah, if I knew what synergy was, I, I'd be good with it. So, but I would tell you, I would tell you this that uh, um, that I keep it open with those guys. So, if they've got an idea that they're feeling, let's put it on the table. So, we, we give them the game plan. Now the coaches give them the game plan. But if there's something that he's feeling, absolutely, you listen to him. So that's that's all part of this. You know, that's uh, we don't we don't close our ears on anything, and uh, you don't let you check your ego on that kind of stuff. A lot of people kind of put their ego out there, but you try to check your ego on that and then, and then uh, keep it open. Therese Paler joins The Drive Tuesdays at 3.30, 610 Sports Radio, KCSB Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Kansas City, a radio.com sports station. So you continue to hear there, uh, Andy Reid, and, and I I think what, what was interesting in, in that last bit was just the relationship he has with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> These guys... They meet every day, and and you hear, heard their their meeting last night before the game. Try, talking about individual situations. I think they just need each other so much, and and, and it's just the perfect football marriage for all this success. And 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 Reed's got to be thrilled to have uh, to be able to work with this guy. The quarterback coach combination is so important. And he, he, last week it was when they were meeting. John Madden called. 
Reed says he yep. talks to Madden. So he puts Mahomes, you know, on the phone with John Madden. So, yes, he meets with him all the time. And, again, as you and I talked about, Pete, in the preseason, we, we talked about this at night at different times, Andy Reed seems different this year. He, he just well, seems – joke. I mean, he's joking around. He's, he's laughing. He is. He just seems – he seems different. And, again, you know, I'll go back to Bill Walsh, you know, the, the, the book that he put out. He'd be out at dinner – with his wife, and he'd take, he'd find a player, think of a play for Joe Montana, and he'd sit there on a napkin and write it. Like Andy Reid seems like the type of guy to me to carry around post-it notes, or think about it, or wake up. Well, he in the had the, of the he night. had the pat plays. I mean, that, we've we've heard stories plays. about that. I mean, he's probably just constantly thinking of different things that he could do. He's finally got a guy that can do everything. And weren't you always kind of curious with Alex Smith, the kind of coach that like you're seeing the best of Andy Reid? When you think about the football mind he's had. And he's finally got a guy to facilitate the plays that he draws up. This is this is a swan song, you know. This is the last place he ever coaches, and the fact that he's finally got that guy. All those years of waiting, and he made the best out of Alex Smith. He made Alex. He got the best out of Alex Smith. Jim Harbaugh, I thought, got the best that he could out of Alex Smith. Urban Meyer at Utah got the best out of him. Andy Reid for his work on Alex Smith was great, but it's the interpretation of the playbook. And I felt like the playbook was the same. When he went down, Nick Foles comes in, same playbook. It was the interpretation of the playbook. But Mahomes is different, and he's got a quarterback that can finally do the things. I think Andy Reid can finally get those plays out that he's always thought of and could never do because he didn't have that quarterback to do it. You know what I'm saying? Just going back to the old archives, pulling it out and said, this is what I wanted. He's do. been waiting for it. This is the guy he's been waiting for. Let's finish up with the Chiefs head coach. Andy, we're related to that play. Just talk about Darrell being able to get the yards after the catch that gets you the first down the lounge. I'll tell you, yeah, he kicked through that tackle right there, right there at the end. You're talking about Darrell? Yeah. yeah. So he kicked through that tackle on the end there, which was big, and, and he's a big kid. Now when he brings it on you, he's going to bring it on you. So he's – he, um, it's tough to bring down. Fumble recovery, and then whatever that thing was at the end, he yeah. fair caught it. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did a nice job. Well, yeah, well, it includes a lot of people. So it's not that that ends up being a one man thing, but it took an army to get to that point. So uh, all the players and coaches, ownership. Um, I've, I've been fortunate to have great two great owners, and I'm in a great position here, which I which I love. So it's uh, uh, but it takes a it takes an army to get to that that point. Mark, uh, our president back here, he, he and I've been through a couple of those, so uh, we know it's it takes a takes an army. Andy Reid, sixth on the all-time win list now, 210 wins in his career. When we come back, we'll get to these calls, CJ and, and Big T, and we'll also hear from the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, 33-28, to 28, a Chiefs victory. We'll be right back. The Arrowhead Ride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jade Binkley. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. The Kansas City Chiefs defeating 
The Baltimore Ravens, 33-28. to They improved to 3-0. and Pete Sweeney hanging out with Dusty Likens hey, and, and Jay Binkley. Uh, exciting time to be a Chiefs fan, and we're going to go out to some Chiefs fans, see uh, what they thought of the game. Big T, what's going on? Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for taking my call. A great game. Hats off to the fans, uh, you know, for bringing that loud crowdness. And a hats off for the team for a nice home opening victory. Uh, you know, man, how about Shady today? Uh, McCoy, you know, one receiving, one uh, rushing. That was nice to see. And the MVP just keeps steamrolling that offense down the field, man. It's awesome. And, and you know, you guys, you don't really uh, underappreciate, you know, kind of a guy until he's, you know, out of the lineup. And, you know, I know it's a tough physical defense. Um, and I know Cam Irvin tried his best, but, Boy, Eric Fisher sure is underappreciated mm-hmm. here. I wish him a healthy return and a quick one. We'll need him. And then, you know, the, uh, on the defensive side, it's nice to see uh, Frank Clark get that first sack. Way to go, him. You know, way to go, man. Way to be physical. Way to get in there and stop that guy. He was a good quarterback. And then how about the honey badger, baby? When a badger wants a ball, <laughs> he's going to go up and get it. And the badger did, baby. Way to go, honey badger. And, you know, and then, then what about the guy, the one-handed catch in the end zone? Uh, you know, Robinson. And then the, the, that was about the greatest catch of the year so far. And then the two, in the, on the two knee catch on the sideline, that was just as good. I think we're seeing a rising star. And I, I don't know, you guys, if we need a corner, it's that bad. I'm trading Jalen Ramsey for Hill straight up. Go Chiefs. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, it's Big T. Made You're a couple, high. Made a, <laughs> made a couple good points. I think the best one was the fact that Eric Eric Fisher might be a little bit underappreciated. No, he is. And what's funny is he used to be the main storyline going to the training camp, Eric Fisher. And he, you don't even talk about him as much now, which is perfect. That's what you want it's to a be long as time an offensive ago, lineman. Yeah. yeah. So one thing you don't want to be is talked about when you're an offensive line. But the guy does uh, present value uh, to the Chiefs. And as far as Demarcus Robinson, made a great catch, several great catches in the NFL today, by the way. But – Demarcus Robinson, to me, and we we said it last week, or I said it last week to you, Pete. He has he has given the Chiefs what they always hope from Chris Conley. And I know Conley's had some decent games with the Jags. He's never had these kind of catches or moves like Demarcus yeah. Robinson strikes fear. And we got a glimpse of this a couple years ago in in preseason football against the Titans when he and Mahomes connected four for one twenty seven in the first half. It was the year that uh, Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith. But you knew that ability was there. The guy's got a great attitude and what he does. It's it just, but again, this offense is what you want from your quarterback, Pat Mahomes. One week at Sammy Watkins, he gets extra attention. Okay, Demarcus Robinson balls out. And then today, McCole Hardman leads the Chiefs in receiving yards. So three straight weeks, three different receivers lead the Kansas City Chiefs in receiving yardage. But Let's make no mistake about it. I know Big T there talking about Tyreek Hill for Ramsey and stuff like this. The running game did look good today, but this running game will look better with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, to me, was what was missing the first couple of games. He takes so much attention from the defense. We can look at this and say that that, uh, Pat Mahomes can make any receiver look good, which I do believe. It's Peyton Manning taking Jacob Tamme and Austin Colley and Stokely and these guys and making them good. But... And Brady's done this for years. You know, guys like Troy Brown and Deion Branch, and they go elsewhere and they can't do anything. But he's got the ability to do that. But Tyreek Hill is such a special weapon that he strikes fear in defensive coordinators. And trust me, these defensive coordinators, knowing they don't have to deal with Tyreek Hill, are loving it. Yeah, of course. They're loving it. 
And because he takes so much attention away, you can't stack eight guys in the box. Two-man attention, whatever the Chiefs decide to do with them. And Andy Reid has special plays for Tyreek Hill. Like right. He's got those special plays. The for Hill Mahomes. Mary comes to mind. The other guy is, is, is Tyreek Hill. The motions, the backfield, trying to draw mismatches with people. Tyreek Hill is also one of those special. I, I think Andy Reid has Tyreek Hill plays. You got to get a, like you got, you, big T's right. You do have to get a cornerback, but you know, the, the thought of trading Tyree kill for Jalen Ramsey, I thought he was half kidding. You know, that's ridiculous. I, I just think this chief's offense, if it isn't already unstoppable, is only to get more unstoppable when Tyree kill is, is able to get back. The expectation is that should be happening uh, sometime soon. I mean, he, he's looked good. I'm not a medical expert like our in-house injury expert, Aaron, Aaron Borgman, but he's looked good. He looks like he's getting better. I know the original report was four to six weeks. You don't want to really judge on that. but No sling. With no sling, you, you think maybe it could be a little bit closer to the four weeks. CJ, you've been waiting a long time. CJ, 75th and Paseo, what's going on? Man, I'm just chilling, man, because we are 3-0, and man. <laughs> Being earlier, I talked to you this week, and I questioned the Chiefs' toughness. I'll tell you yeah. something, I watched the game today. Man, I'm not questioning the toughness anymore. You guys are tough, <laughs> smart, they're playing Super Bowl caliber football. Man, and if we did have Tyreek Hill, man, we would have. Hey, sissy ball these guys today. We done played all these teams. The NFL's getting so boring because I used to watch the Chiefs and be like, man, other games was like other teams are so good. Our games are so interesting. Look what they're, they're doing. Now watching the Chiefs, like, I don't ever watch football the rest of the time. I don't know what the day, man. I mean, watch Chiefs game, you watch the real football. These other teams are not even comparing. We, we're playing these defenses that are coming. Up. Yeah, you said it, man. We're getting everybody's best shot. Hey, CJ, give me your tagline before you go. Oh, you know yeah, I, we, just, we just got, we just got him. He's, uh, oh, he's off. Um, but he, he, he's infamous for the, uh, He's the infamous for the uh, "What's up, honey, love." I guess CJ. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry voice. about that, CJ. No, CJ's mean got up. this radio voice. CJ and, and Big T, very different styles, but you can just hear it. It's just the true the Chiefs, Chiefs fan, the man, gushing uh, about just how fun uh, this season is, and, and and you should enjoy it. I mean, if you're a Chiefs fan, you should enjoy it. Like I look at this game, and this is a challenge, and I'm I'm not trying to 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 make light of any other team, but you look look at you look at a game like next week. The Chiefs should be two touchdown favorites. They're six the and a half point favorites. The, D- the Detroit right Lions are not going to have a chance against this team. They're six and a half point favorites. They're not going to have a chance. But, but again, here's the deal. Lamar Jackson's up a coming quarterback. Got to see him today. Matt Stafford, you know, he's arrived. He's a good quarterback. And again, the Chiefs play quality quarterbacks this year. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers twice. You know, you're going to see Stafford this weekend. Phillip Rivers can't win a game right now. This, this, and Mahomes put them all in a box. That's fine saying, hey, I'm the man. But but the one thing about it is how much fun we're having this season and the passion of the fans. And several of the callers brought up the fans today showing up. It was raining this morning. I was I was blown away with James Palmer, NFL Network, videotaping. He arrived at Arrowhead at 3 o'clock in the morning. And there was a line, long, long line at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's the home opener, baby. I know, but you'll probably you see get this that all meat. year. You'll probably see this all year. But 3 o'clock in the Waiting morning. Waiting for Andy Reid to give him a cheeseburger. That's what she said. But, but <laughs> CJ brings up a good point, too, and that is that is you are going to get their best shot. When you're the oh, Chiefs. Each, each and every game. Each now. and every game, you're getting the team's best attention. Not only that, there's probably a day in training camp for these other teams looking forward 
to playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And I remember the Chiefs doing this when they played the Eagles back when Reed was going to play them. And it was not the first game. And Dave Tobe took a day. It was when Chip Kelly was there. And he prepared for the swinging gate on an extra point, which we saw the swinging gate. We saw the Chiefs stop it. But the Chiefs will get your best shot. And that's what's so impressive. And you, you, you don't have your left tackle. You don't have your number one running back. Although, I, I think Damian Williams got that a little too prematurely. And you didn't have your number one receiver. And you're still winning games. Not even, there was a time and day we would have freaked out. They're we not playing well. Out. We would have freaked out if Alex Smith was going without Tyreek Hill, without Eric Fisher, without Damian Williams. We would have freaked out. We don't with Mahomes. Yeah, they're they're not they're not even playing. I, I think even perfectly or, or even above average. Like it does. Sometimes I'm just like, man, this is still a sloppy game, and they're putting up 30 points. And, and I, it's just it's a great time to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Uh, Patrick Mahomes with another tremendous game today. It, it's it's death taxes, 300 yards and three touchdowns. It feels like for Patrick Mahomes, 27 of 37 for 374 yards, three touchdowns. Here was Mahomes after the game. I think it's the, the preparation that Coach Reed puts us through during training camp. Uh, we get everyone in. Everyone gets rest with the ones, uh, twos, whatever it is. And I think guys kind of build that, that confidence then to know that they can play whenever they get their name called. And so you see that, and you think you've seen it for the last few years now, is whenever someone else gets their opportunity, they come up and they make plays. And so uh, that, that speaks to them being prepared every single week. Yeah, I think uh, just being on the same page as Coach Reed, knowing why he's calling the plays that he calls, uh, having answers. Uh, they got me on a few pressures today as far as they were flipping the pressures and getting me. But uh, at the same time, I was able to adjust quicker and, and, and kind of have more success uh, earlier in the game. Take us through the third and nine to end the game. What was the origin of that? Yeah, it's actually a pretty cool story. Me and Coach Reed and all the, all the offensive pretty much coaches and, and the quarterbacks, we go through our four-minute situations every single every single week. And I think I've done it for three years now, and we finally got called a play that we had already prepared for uh, and the night before. And so it just shows that every little detail matters. I mean, we had talked about that play uh, the night before, and, and you think you could, people would kind of just let that go if, after we haven't called it for a couple years now. But we had it prepared, and, and we were ready to call it, and then we called it, and we succeeded when we uh, got the opportunity to run it. Yeah, it was, and uh, we had we had set it up last week by running the actual little pump pass thing out there, and so we knew, uh, especially with uh, the Red, uh, the Ravens, they have a, a good veteran group of guys, so they were they saw the exact same formation and kind of thought we were going that way, and we were able to kind of slip them out the back door and give them give them the pass and get the first down. Just along those lines, Patrick, what, what do you think about what makes Andy special? I think it, I think I mean obviously the the way he's able to relate to people, the uh, way he's able to get the best out of every single player that he that he coaches is, is is something that is truly special about him. But uh, I think that 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 line of being aggressive but at the same time being smart and doing the right thing is, is something that's special. I mean, there's I want to go for it every single time, and he, and he has to tell me sometimes that we have to punt it. So I mean, it's it, it's like that. But I mean, he has that aggressiveness, but he knows how to manage the whole team at the same time. Just one of the parts that. Yeah, I mean, we 
we, we prepare ourselves each and every week to be on the same page. I mean, whenever he's calling plays and uh, Coach Bienemy and they're calling plays, I want to make sure I know why they're calling the play, not just spitting the play out. And so I think just building that relationship with those guys and knowing what we're, we're trying to do and who we're trying to get the certain matchup has, has helped me kind of, uh, I guess, uh, just keep building as, as a quarterback in this league. Yeah, I mean, early in the game, it was more of a miscommunication thing though, as far as I thought he was going to run more vertical, but he saw Earl over the top, so he flattened it off, and he has that he has the ability to do that. I have to make sure I'm on the same page as him. So I told him just to keep running, to keep doing what he was doing, to keep playing fast. And you saw whenever he got another opportunity up the seam, he was able to make a play on it. And once the ball gets in his hands, I mean, it's, it's, it's like that Tyreek effect where it's just about over. Patrick, going back to guys making plays next man up there, just talk about the plays that Daryl Williams made, not just the way the third line screen pass that he threw in zone, but some of those runs that he had in the fourth quarter that led to protecting me. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it all, all training camp, and then obviously adding LaShawn at the end of that in there. We have a deep running back room, and those guys, every single one of those guys is prepared to play, and they can have success in them to play. And you saw Daryl last year in the, at the end of the, the season and in the playoffs make a lot of big plays. So he didn't he didn't get the start off at the beginning of the year, but whenever his number got called, he stepped right in and made plays, and that shows what kind of teammate, what kind of player that he is. Last two. Not, not necessarily. I mean, Earl's a, a, a great player, and he's been a great player for a long time. Uh, but we're going to play our offense and do our offense the way that we do it, and we're going to have opportunities to, to, to beat people deep, and uh, we're going to execute on those. And, uh, I mean, you can say it during the week, but we're still going to do what we do every single week. Last one. Uh, you were particularly in the first half. Did you anticipate that kind of game going into it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it goes with the the flow of the game. Uh, in the first half, I felt like they were kind of flying a little bit quicker with their linebackers up the field, and so when I kind of had some of those RPO, those run pass options, I was throwing the ball. And then as the game kind of settled down, and we kind of hit them on a couple of those, then they started kind of sitting a little bit longer. I was able to hand the ball off, and that's that's how you you have to execute a game plan. It's not about. Uh, I guess it's not about like going in there and thinking, try to run it first and pass it after that. You have to make sure that you just take what they're giving you and you'll be able to open both of them up as the game goes on. So the big storyline during the week was Earl Thomas saying that he's going to eliminate all big plays. And then you hear Patrick Mahomes asked about Thomas after the game, basically just says, we're going to play our offense how we want to do it. A little bit of swagger to that answer uh, when, when he's talking about Earl Thomas right there. Well, the Chiefs have taken the high road. They did last year with Jacksonville. And that was a little bit. Their junk. It, that was a little bit. as much as Patrick Mahomes gives at the podium and saying, we yeah. don't care what you say. No, no. And uh, from our, our friend James Palmer, NFL Network, Mahomes joined Tom Brady as the only players in the Super Bowl era to record three straight games with 300-plus passing yards. Three plus TDs and zero INTs. Brady's week, Brady week six through eight, two thousand seven. Seems like every uh, every every week, week it's they, another record. Something. It's another record. You know, you could have like a Mahomes. Just he's just shattering everything. Kevin in Bishop, Texas. How you doing? Good. How are you, buddy? How are you? How are you, how are you Bink? Hey guys. Hey. Right, buddy. I just want to touch on a couple of things. As a you know, I used to play a little college football. They're up up there in Kansas, and uh, I played DN. And I tell you what. Uh, this 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 new guy we got uh, fifty five. I can't think of his name. Frank right Clark. Now. Uh, Clark. I tell you what, he's he's a lot better than what people are giving him credit for. Here's why. Uh, D Ford used to run up up around up around blocks instead of fighting through them. 
And this this guy's staying in his lane. He's he's playing. He's fighting through blocks. He's he's actually staying, doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on was uh, the play call at two hundred one. And I hope I hope Andy Reid goes back through this and 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 just looks looks at the film and, and realizes he should have put that ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands instead of uh, Williams' hands. I mean that's a, that's a, that's basically a dead play. Two hundred one. The, the clock's going to stop after two minute warning. Uh, that, that that's a play for Patty. I'll, I'll listen off the air. All right, thank you. Uh, do you agree with his point on Frank Clark? Well, I I think I think had he shown up a little bit earlier, he might have known the name already. <laughs> but when yeah. you sign a guy for that kind of money over hundred million, and you don't know the name, hopefully you'll get to know the name. I understand at this point, but I, I understand what he's saying though about D Ford. Like D Ford only had the speed rush. It seemed D, D Ford had had the speed rush. He was more one dimensional. He was more finesse. He's uh, there. I will say this: D Ford has himself a sack today too. Um, there, but I'm, I was 100% for this. Frank Clark just brought some toughness. Um, he talked a lot of junk, and I, I'm pretty sure he, I mean, I'm not on the field, but he was talking junk in, in training camp, and I assume he is now too. But he's got that dog in him a little bit. He's he, he's he's more physical, and you know when you've been hit. And I, I felt like this was an upgrade over D Ford from the toughness aspect. Right. You know, against the run, setting that edge. We, we can have the sacks or talk about the sacks, but – you got to think about the other things, too, that is out there. You know, like today, making sure Lamar Jackson doesn't get around the corner. Uh, Frank Clark will get there. And, you know, this guy's, he said, he, this guy's he, got a motor. Had, he said sacks come in bunches, and he got his first one today. So you, you wonder if he can build on that. And I think he will. I think Frank Clark's going to be fine. But I like his toughness. I never thought that uh, D. Ford possessed this kind of toughness, to be honest with you. Very quickly, the other point that he made with 201 on the clock, I think what he was saying was instead of the Chiefs handing to Daryl Williams, they should have went right with Pat. They eventually did so, third and nine. They end up hitting uh, Daryl, and uh, a screen for 16 yards uh, seals the game. You know what I'd like to see, Pete? And in the first half, remember when Andy Reid lets the eight seconds go off? Yeah. Pat Mahomes, he's got this photographic memory, and he's smart enough that honestly, in certain situations, if I'm Coach Reed, maybe we'll see this at some point. What's up? I would turn it over to him. I would turn it over to him because Pat Mahomes strikes Let him make play calls? When, when it gets into like a minute, you're not at the end I'm of the sure game. I'm sure there's some kind of leeway there where, but where I, Pat I'm can saying, audible and make choices. He clearly knew what to do more at the end of the half than Andy Reed did. Let's be honest. He did. Pat Mahomes knew what he was doing. And I think when you look at a guy that's that smart, he is a league MVP. You think Peyton Manning kind of took things over with the final minute or two minutes? Of course yeah, he did. Yeah, of course. Think John Elway used to do that? I'm of sure course. there's a little bit of that built in. I mean, we'll never know. I don't think they would ever But I think we'll that, get but... to the point where I'm saying if you're like in a minute it's before the half, we're not talking at the end of the game or any of that, you trust Pat. You trust Pat to go out there. He's the one seeing things. He's out on the field. You trust him. I mean, I would have trusted him doing that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Pick an offensive coordinator on the field. Anything that he wants, he can, he can choose. If he, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever the team eats, whatever how they travel, if they want to go on a bus instead, whatever Pat wants. Uh, the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show is presented by Seventh Street Casino, where it's at. When we come back, we will name our player of the game. So stick with us. The Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show presented by Seventh Street Casino. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. A little later than usual because of our Kansas City Royals, but we're making it work. Pete Sweeney here hanging out with Dusty Likens and Jay Binkley, and it's time now, Jay. I know you love this. Every week we do it. It's the AP player of the game. 
brought to you by Mazarit's Jewelry, jewelry that's dazzled Kansas City for over 40 years. This week's player of the game is a defensive player, and his name is Tyron Matthew, baby. Congratulations, Tyron. We don't give you anything for it. Um, but here's what I will say. If you know the player of the game, you can tune into Fesco in the morning at 9 a.m. and win $25 uh, to Topper's Pizza, and one monthly winner will win the grand prize of a $500 Mazarese jewelry gift card. So congratulations to Tyron Matthew. Um, his line today, three passes defense, a couple times where he should have had interceptions but just dropped the football. That's probably why he's playing defensive back. Uh, but but wait, listen, we, we we respect that. Once again, for third straight week, okay, it has not gone to the guy who's the only quarterback beside Tom Brady to have 300 yards, three touchdowns. I'm not going to no run pick. this segment and give it to the same guy every I, hey, I'm, I'm just not going to do I'm with you on the Badger. Badger, three passes defended. And respect the defense on the show. But – you know what? It's been slower this year. I don't think people have been challenging the Honey Badger as much. I think they do have respect for what he can do. But you're going to see a lot of creative things done with the Honey Badger this year. He's going to come up with a big turnover at some point. We're the, he's going to have the Honey Badger game as well. We sit back and look at the Honey Badger. A little back and like forth today like between at, the Honey Badger and like DK. Sorensen game. We've had Brandon that. Kiley. We've had the Ron Parker game. We're going to have the Honey Badger game. And I do think he's going to make a difference, you know, kind of mixing up the blitz and pressure on the quarterback. Sixth in pressures on, on quarterbacks as defensive backs since he came in the league. But let's go ahead and give it to the Badger. You in KC, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Uh, great show. Um, I don't know if this has been covered at all, but um, I'm a little worried about Kendall Fuller. I don't know what's going on. Maybe I there's some of the game I didn't see, so maybe he made plays that I didn't see, but I'm a tad bit worried. Uh, Brett Beach might have to find some a lot more corners he already got. I don't know, gentlemen. I just want to hear your well, thoughts. Well, he it. does have Mo Claiborne that's eligible to come back after next week, although I think it's going to take a few weeks yeah. for him to be acclimated because he can't even go to the facility. Kendall Fuller did lead the team in tackles today. He was tied with Hitchens with eight. Seven solo, but that's not a good thing for a corner because that means they're picking on you. If you're getting a lot of tackles as a corner, that's generally – not a good well, thing. What was interesting I going, think he's looked decent this year at What times. was interesting going into the year is he was better last year on the outside than he was the inside, and then they made him exclusively on the inside this year. And it's just, just odd when your depth out there isn't that great. Um, but, that you know, Steve Spagnuolo, I'm willing to admit, knows more about defense than I do. Uh, so you, you respect the decision. He was a little banged up, I remember, during training camp. You wonder if that maybe has lingered into the regular season. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I am concerned. More, I, you know, I'm more concerned about the run defense than I'm the pass defense at this point. I didn't think I'd be sitting here saying it, but teams, look at Jacksonville, 5.1 yards per carry. The Raiders, 6.8 yards per carry. The Ravens, 6.3. That is now back-to-back weeks with teams running the ball for over six yards a carry. Against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that, that's not good. I mean, it's something that needs to be shored up. I mean, I've seen progress with this defense, right. but I haven't seen progress stopping the run yet. You say, oh, Jacksonville only had 81 yards rushing. Well, Jacksonville had to get their ass back into the game and had to throw the football. Right, and I think that's what you're seeing with teams. The Chiefs are forcing teams very quickly in games to become one-dimensional, and they're having success on defense because of it. Next year, you're going to get, or I'm sorry, next week, you're going to get another challenge in Kerryon Johnson. They're not afraid to run the football down your throat and continue to run it. Again, that game plan may change if Patrick Mahomes puts up two quick touchdowns, which we know is possible. The Chiefs, 
on their side of it, had a really good game today from LaShawn McCoy when they needed it. Damian Williams was not available. Here was McCoy at his locker after the game. Uh, obviously, this Baltimore defense has been talking about trying to limit big plays, and you guys went out there and did your thing today. What was it about what you were doing that made you guys so successful out there in the field? It's an explosive offense. Um, just from the top to bottom, the backfields, the guys, our receivers, and the obvious for that were packed. Um, the guys up front, they really play well. We kind of wanted to um, make a big challenge for them, you know, and get out there and be physical in the right game, be physical in the pass game. They did really well. So, collectively, all together, um, it was a good game. And you did really well, too, and it seemed like you really seemed to pick your spots out there. How important was that to make sure that you didn't do too much? Uh, I just... But still contributed. Yeah, I, I did okay. Um, I thought I'd play, I'd play a little more. I could have done a lot better. Um, but... I just um, rehab up and get my, get my body together, get my foot right, uh, and I'm ready for next week. Ankle feeling okay? Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's one of the things I just got to get it back healthy. Uh, you know, it's a lot better than last week. Uh, we'll see what happens. So you were limited because of the ankle today, because of the foot? Uh, just uh, kind of like in at the end, more like in the third quarter. It just, just wasn't right. It's football. You know, um, I knew what it was before I got out there. I was warming up. I felt good. You know, and as a competitor, most guys like on. Got to get out in the field. You know, but um, I have another week to kind of prepare for it and, and rehab it, get it together. But this offense is amazing. So I'm, I'm like anxious to get out there and play with them. It's fun. Football is fun again. Any fear of you not being able to go next week? Nah, I don't fear. I don't fear. Just, just preparation. Uh, just rehab it up. Get ready for next week. Lashawn, to be part of a of a game where the two top teams, two top quarterbacks, I mean, just to be part of this, how much fun is that? Oh, it's a blessing. I mean, just to just to be here. That's one of the things that I told Coach Reed is I'm actually just truly just blessed. I'm actually truly just thankful. It's an opportunity to come out here and contribute to this offense, who was already you know one of the top offenses in the league in the beginning. You know, so just to be here, just to help out any way possible. I'm just really thankful. You touched on it a little bit, but, you know, we all know, the two of us at least know, took you to November 11th to score last year in Buffalo. Now you're here. You scored twice in your first game at Arrowhead. You know, how different is this offense and, you know, just how great is it to work within it? I'll tell you what, the biggest thing I've learned from being here and playing here um, is, like, the game plans. Like, there's so many players that the defense has to watch. You know, and this is, like, the first time where, I've been on the offense where I'm not the best guy on the offense. You know, it's the first time I've been on the offense where I'm not the main key. So I can just slowly get in there and do my thing, you know, and have a good game quietly. I mean, so many weapons. When you look across the board, like these guys are some of the top players in the league and now they're my teammates. You know, so uh, it's a big difference. What's about the second quarter? 23 points this week, 28 last week. Whenever you guys kind of settle into it, it seems like you guys like, kind of. Like the Warriors, man, just get them threes and <laughs> shoot them up. But, no, we just, hey, man, we get better as the game goes on. Um, and it's tough because, like, you, you get up so quick, and then it's like some of the playbook you have to you know, minimize because you want to run the clock out, you want to get the game over. I mean, but if we could play all day, I'm sure we'll be throwing bombs, screens, runs. I mean, it's an explosive offense.
in every team when they game game plan and they break us down, the biggest thing would be uh, minimize the explosive plays. There were some key guys out offensively, but you guys didn't really skip the What does that say about this team? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the talent. You, know, you get a gift card to the GMs and, and the coaches for um, you know, getting the right personnel and the players. I think a dangerous team is always the depth. Because you know, guys get hurt. If you if you heard there, a good question by Brandon Kylie of of the drive and, and the leadoff, asking McCoy if he'll be ready for next week. He had to exit the game because of that ankle late, and McCoy said uh, that he will be. And Bink, I'm going to put this on a silver platter for you. Is McCoy your starter for this team? I think he has to be now, right? Absolutely, he'll be the starter. What he was doing with the run, the catch, he is that guy. You know, you sprinkle in some Daryl Williams. I don't know if Damien Williams will be back at that point, but. LaShawn McCoy is your star. He plays so smart when he's playing the game. He's, he had the, showed a little bit of burst around the outside. He showed that leg strength as well. I mean, yeah. we saw some vintage shady. I mean, he's 31, and he looks so good right now. Yeah. And I think part of it is the fact that, and, and you heard him talk about it a little bit, he doesn't have to be the guy anymore. A lot of a lot of the teams that he's with, with the Eagles and the Bills, I mean, it it ran through McCoy. He's he's older now. He's still got some burst, but he can be more of a role player. And, and that's another, like, that's what Sammy Watkins likes, too. He, you know, he, these guys that are older, they just want to win. And Four you're two. seeing that. And it's Detroit Lions, the 2-0-1 Detroit Lions to beat the Eagles on the road today. Knucklehead and KC, what's going on? Hey, thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. Welcome. Yeah, so I'm an AP guy. I listen to speaks all the time as well. Uh, just a few comments. Wanted to get your feedback on something. So the, the Pats are 3-0 and against 3-0 and 3 teams. Besides them, though, I don't really see any real contender. I mean, I'm, no, I don't want to get ahead of myself. The Chiefs look legit. I mean, they, they beat a really good football team today. Uh, and Really, they did it pretty soundly. I mean, they were going into the fourth quarter up, I think, 30 to 13 or 30 to 19 or something like that. I don't have the stats in front of me. But the, the only Achilles heel that I can imagine that this team has is the jump ball. Like, our, our defensive yes. backs do not win a jump ball to save their life. And this goes all the way back to, to last year, maybe even years before that. Um, the only plays that are really killing us are the jump ball plays. We need to hire a basketball coach to come in there and teach them how to box out. Let's get Demetrius back. Or, well, <laughs> I don't know. But I, I honestly, I feel like the defense played very sound. Frank Clark actually uh, was critical on the two-point conversion play that Lamar, he was the first guy to hit Lamar. Uh, and then uh, one of the other guys came and cleaned him up before he could get in the end zone. That was on the clear out where Lamar ran left and couldn't get in the end zone. So anyway, I'll, I'll listen off the air for who you guys think is the, the other contenders or potential losses maybe that we may may see down the road. We got the Lions coming up. We got the Packers coming up. Right. But Good I really feel like the Chiefs look better than, than any team playing football right now. Well, yeah. yeah. Good point, Knucklehead. And the thing about it is the the, the Patriots, they, they play two of three at home. Against the Steelers that aren't the yeah aren't your daddy Steelers, you go on the road. The Dolphins they were giving up one point five points a game. They give up fourteen points to the Jets. No, the Chiefs have had a more impressive deal. The Chiefs have played two physical teams this in Jacksonville and today against the Ravens. Chiefs have played two of three on the road, including coast to coast, going across the Patriots. 
well, they played two or three at home, and they've played some bad football teams. But, yes, they look good at this point because of defense and offense. And it is nice they don't have Antonio Brown right now. They kind of backfired Nobody on does. That was, that was a big deal that they get Antonio Brown. And they lose him. It's so, yeah, the Chiefs have had a more impressive schedule than the Pats. They won't get the run because the Chiefs didn't beat the Pats last year. Had they beaten them, had they beaten them, the story and the narrative would be completely different. People are still going to give him cred because of Belichick and Brady. Yeah, very quickly. I mean, Andy Reid has to do this. He takes things days at a time. I understand there's a lot of fans out there who don't want to jinx anything. I don't care about jinxes. I'm going to say it. The only team that can beat this team is the New England Patriots. 15-1 and is your floor, in my opinion, and that's why I said before the season starts that 16-0 and is very possible and it could happen. The offense is just too good. It's the best offense in the league in a league that's trending uh, two favoring offensive players, and that's what you're dealing with right now. I mean, I, the Detroit Lions. I don't. I'm, I'm not even going to lose a wink of sleep over that game. And you shouldn't. That's the first time Pat Mahomes played in the dome in the regular season. Yeah, when the there's pre-season. no weather involved. I mean, this Nothing. guy. What's he going to have? A hundred touchdowns. And, and, and the Patriots play the Bills, the three and Bills next week. But here's the thing. And here's what I thought you'd be doing: Stafford, then Luck, no Andrew Luck. So it's Jacoby Brissett. Things change. But then Deshaun Watson. The Chiefs get to see some Deshaun Watson. We see the uh, Aaron Rodgers. You play uh, Kirk Cousins, not that big of a threat. Phillip Rivers twice, Tom Brady, and then Mitch Trubisky. So, yes, there's a lot more promise when you thought of Mitch Trubisky maybe before the season. You're not feeling that way at this point. But beating Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, with with just his skill set, usually would give the Chiefs defense fits, but they didn't allow him. To give him fits today. He's the type of quarterback well, they're just in control. to take the third They're just in control of every game. Downs. I mean, even last week when they let up 10 points, they're just in control and, and gained it right back. And and that's key for this team. I mean, when you change how another team and their and their whole game plan and how they prepared, you're going to have a better chance to win the football game, and I think the Chiefs are doing that. When we come back, you'll get to hear from Frank Clark, and we'll wrap this thing up with our final verdict. Stay with us. Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Wrapping up this Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on this Chiefs Sunday, the Chiefs with a 33-28 victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Victory Monday is to come, so that's exciting. Frank Clark in the game had his very first sack of the season, and we caught up with him in the locker room. Um, it's, it's very tough, you know what I mean? When you're looking at a guy who's, you know, got all the comparisons of the best, you know, running quarterbacks and, you know, throwing quarterbacks of our time and uh, the past, you know, it's very hard. You know, Lamar Jackson, he gave us his best shot. He gave us all he can, you know, do. And, uh, you know, we found a way as a defense, and, you know, our offense kept putting up points, kept doing what they you know, had to do, had another amazing day, and um, we just playing great team football right now. It's got to be a blessing, though, for you to be able to come out on the right side of that. Uh, you knew they were going to give it your best shot, like you said. Yeah, I knew, you know, and um, at the end of the day, that's what you prepare for. You know, and when you are a team like us, you know, you always prepare for another team's best shot. You always prepare, you know, for another team to come in, especially to the stadium. You know, you at Arrowhead, they know that we got the home crowd, you know, in our favor. They know um, we're going to come, we're going to give us our all. You know, we playing in front of our fans, and we don't want to upset them. So, at the end of the day, you know, they came here with a great attitude. They came here with, you know, a great competitive nation, and uh, they gave us our best shot. Like I said, you seen the score of the game, man. It was a tough game. You know, it wasn't nothing easy. It wasn't a walk in the park. And uh, 
Yeah. We came out there on top, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, we just start playing sound football at the end of the day, you know. I, I said all the time, it's not perfect, you know, but if you play, you know, the technique enough, you know, you make those plays that you need to win the game. And I feel like we made the necessary plays, you know. You got some mislaps here and there. You threw a few balls up that was, you know, questionable, you know, the, um, the P.I., the offensive P.I., stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, our DBs held fast. You know, our D-line held fast. We kept getting after it. You know, we kept putting pressure on it as the end of the game came. As you've seen, we put more pressure on them for them to um, – for some of those mistakes, and um, like I said, we got the field. What were the keys to kind of keep him, uh, Lamar Jackson off balance early in the game? It looks like kind of he had a trouble getting into a rhythm until the fourth quarter. Um, I, I believe one of the keys is just forcing him to, you know, go into a certain direction. You know, when you force him to go right or you force him to go, you know, to a direction where he, um, he's much, you know, his passing rating goes down when you when you get him on the run. You know, but also, you know, the negative of getting him on the run is, you know, that guy, you get out in the open field, he's going to make a few guys miss. He's going to get some positive yards. And we've seen that today. You know, we've seen, you know, a few times the guys, you know, thought they had sacks, you know, and they get away. And uh, that's all across him. You know, he's a great player at the end of the day. Like, you know, I don't take nothing away from his game. Like I said, he gave us his best shot. If he would give another team his best shot, it might be enough. But unfortunately today, we had, you know, we had the number. Is that a team you expect to see again at some point this year? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they're great enough to, you know, make it to that next level, which is the playoffs. And um, they got a great leader up there and their quarterback and the, and the defense who playing some great football. So at the end of the day, uh, I'm sure they coaches to figure it out. But um, myself, you know, I'm a chief. I, I'm glad I don't got to figure that out. And um, I just want to celebrate this victory with my team. We just what? talked about the DBs behind you. What's it like having those guys behind you making plays like they made today, especially facing Lincoln Lamar Jackson? Um, I feel like our DBs never get enough credit. You know, everybody, you know, you hear about it all the time. You know, I don't even, I'm not even in the social media or read, read about it. I just tweet, you know, and I, I get off. You know, I go on Instagram, I post something and get off. But, you know, you hear about it. You know, our coach something. You know, and then you hear about the people always talking about how bad our DBs are, how bad our linebackers are, but they playing excellent football, man. You look at our DBs, they're going to get some, you know, some tough competition. You look at the last three weeks where you've had, you know, competition. You had great quarterbacks. You had guys throwing the ball over their head, testing them all year, and um, they, they haven't gave up a lot of big plays. You know, you got some some tricky plays where it go either direction, like I said, with quarterbacks throwing the ball up and guys making great plays. But um, at the end of the day, I feel like they're playing sound football. Um, I feel like it can be more on the whole defense, though. You know, we got to play better all across the board. Guys like Ogba had a pretty good game today. I know a lot of people focus on their attention on you, but how did you able to see him kind of perform today uh, a little bit above what he's been doing so far this season? It's pretty dope, man. Like I said, man, anytime you got, you know, a core group of guys, and I say a core, um, because you got guys who are all contributing, you know, no matter if they're starter, no matter if they're second string or you call them backups, you know what I mean, to the first. But um, everyone's contributing. And um, a guy like Agba, you, like I said, you mentioned him, you mentioned guys like TK, you know, who come along, who come in there and help. Um, you know, they playing great football to help, you know, take some of that pressure off guys like me, guys like Chris, guys like, you know, um, AO on the other side. So, you know, I know, I know what they expect, man. They come with the territory, you know, I mean, you got the big, you know, you got the price tag on your head. You got, you got everything on you because you're the money guy, whatever they say. But at the end of the day, I, you know, that's the life I, I entered, and I'm, I'm ready to take on it full. And you know, I, I commit to it. You know, I love the double teams. They got to keep it coming. It just opened up more opportunities for my other guys. How did it feel to get your first sack out there? I feel cool. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've, I've asked. Many sacks, so at the end of the day, you know, it feels always good. It feels getting that first one and Arrowhead, you know, in front of our fans. And, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, I wish I would have got one earlier in the season, but, you know, why not, you know, come home and that'd be my first sack to get. I think that's pretty awesome. How much better do you think this defense can get? We'll get, we go get great. We'll get great. You know, this is just the, 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 the stepping stone. This is the first time y'all seen, you know, you can, you can, you, you really don't, 
you know, see your potential until you're actually out there full time. You know, preseason, we're out there for a few quarters. You're out there for a few minutes. You're not really, you know, able to show what you can really do. You got to go through the, you know, the trials and tribulations throughout the season. And I feel like we're doing that and we're growing. You know, you got a long season. Keep on going and see where you end up at the end. All right, guys. On the other side of the we'll ball. do this last one. Go ahead. For you on the other side of the ball, you know, watching three regular season Pat Mahomes games now, how special is that just having your team watch that out there? It's pretty it's points. Uh, man, it just, it just um, it makes me understand and realize that I'm going to have a lot of opportunities, so I got to capitalize. You know, you got a guy like Pat back there at quarterback. You got this explosive receiving core. You know, I said they're the best in the league. Um, you got some running backs back there toting the pill, taking it off of Pat, you know, when he needs it. And, you know, then, then when you got an offense playing like that, it, also, it helps the defense. You know, as a defense, when we're looking at the offense, you know, um, march the ball, you know, and you just came off a 12-play series, you know, it, it only it only inspires you. You know, you want to you want to show favor to your offense by going to get that ball back, giving them more opportunities. You know, Pat comes down every time he scores and just say, get the ball back. You know, and that just helps, you know, when you got a quarterback who's that in tune with the game, that he's focusing his attention on nothing. You know, giving him just that extra encouragement to go out there and get the job done. So Frank Clark gets his first sack of the season in the Chiefs' 33-28 win. I thought it was interesting how he mentioned they hear the noise. They hear that, you know, a lot of uh, us, you know, the people that talk about the team uh, say uh, the cornerbacks sometimes are are a little weak and and he's the big money man and he's willing to take that on. And, again, he faces a lot of double teams and and he's welcoming that. And, And, again, good to see him get a sack today and Chiefs fans hope that's the first of many. No, no question. He gave uh, you know credit to his teammates, Ogba, Okafor, you know, with, with Chris Jones, TK. You mentioned passing, you know, there as well. And I'm telling you, don't sleep on Ogba. I can give this guy credit for coming in <laughs> when he's coming in. I mean, the three tackles for losses, the four pressures, the uh, two and a half sacks that he has so far this season. He's the forgotten man, but sometimes the forgotten man has to step up and make plays when everybody else is getting attention. Three quarterback hits for Ogba today. Yeah. So, good game. Another pass defended. He's got 18 in his career. Now, Chris Jones, 17 in his career. Same draft. As we wrap things up now on, on the Arrowhead Pride postgame show, it's time for the final verdict. The final verdict is brought to you by Scruggs Law Firm. You deserve more than a lawyer. Bink, when it comes to what you learned from today, uh, what is it? It's just the, the continued Chiefs fast starts. And you look at what they've done. You deserve more than a lawyer. Oh, didn't didn't realize we had uh, we do we some do. sweet music. I like that. My bad. But three and zero in September this year. Three and zero in September last year. Three and zero in September the year before. It's getting off the fast starts and kind of letting the division know how good you're going to be. Now the Chiefs already have a win in the division. So Andy Reid now twenty seven and ten against the division when they beat the Raiders. But think about this: they got a two game lead now. It's unreal. We're still in September. The Chiefs have a two-game lead in the division. Andy Reid owns this division. Nine and two against the Raiders. Nine and one one against the Chargers. Last ten games, seven and three against the Broncos. And then you have Emmanuel Sanders for the Broncos. That we might remember. Emmanuel Sanders didn't want to play here. This is how he described the Broncos' play so far this season. Uh, it's been tough, you know. So uh, trying to get it right right now. It's in zero and three. Living in a world of suck. <laughs> a world of suck. <laughs> this is your divisional opponents. It's the Broncos. A world of suck for the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs continue to get things better. I wish they'd shore up this run defense a little bit. This is a work in progress. And again, wait till five or six games. We'll kind of look and encapsulize the whole defense as a whole. I do feel it's getting better. Certain guys are stepping up. The run defense definitely needs to be shored up. But again, 
Andy Reid wins without his left tackle, his starting running back, his starting wide receiver. Credit Big Red and what he's been able to do with Pat Mahomes. It was impressive. They don't have the full thing, but you would not know that. But once again, three straight weeks, a different receiver leads this team in, in yardage. Yeah, my final verdict, and that's a good one, Bink, is, is wait for Tyreek Hill, right? Because... Again, we don't know for sure, but the report was four to six weeks. You wonder if he could be back for that Houston Texans game because the Chiefs played the Detroit Lions, the Indianapolis Colts, and then the Texans. If he is back in the mix for the Texans game, that's that's one game that kind of pops out. But you think that the Chiefs, based upon what you've seen, could beat the Detroit Lions and Colts without him. And then what is this offense going to look like when Hill re-enters it, especially now that you know that Demarcus Robinson has vastly improved? McCole Hardman is already ready to be a contributor. I just don't know how anyone's going to stop this team. No question about it. And Robinson's been everything they hoped Conley would be. Huge thanks to Bob Fesco, Ryan Wachowski, and Brandon Kiley at Arrowhead Stadium for us today. And, of course, huge thanks to the Dirty Werewolf, Dusty Lowe. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Chiefs now turn their attention uh, to the Detroit Lions. The head coach, Andy Reid, will speak to the media uh, tomorrow um, at, at noon, Arrowhead time. You can catch uh, everything that comes out of Arrowhead on Show and Burn, um, the midday. Great, great show here on 610 Sports Radio. I'm, I'm proud to be a part of. Um, <laughs> they don't consider you part of the show because you're not trying to. I don't know about ever. I don't know. About Six and a half point favors against the Lions. The undefeated Detroit Lions next week. I know I let you down today because I said that the Chiefs would win by two scores, but I'm really saying this time that the Chiefs are definitely going to win by two scores against the Lions. Take your money that you lost today. Go reinvest. We'll get it back. Were you hoping the Lions. this would have been a Thanksgiving game? Uh, the Chiefs and Lions? No. I'd rather eat and watch football on uh, Thanksgiving I'd rather than hanging out with you. Watch ass kicking. Than hanging out with you. Thanksgiving. I don't. Not that I don't enjoy hanging out with you. It's just on Thanksgiving. I don't know if I want to be just spending that that evening with you. You know what I mean? I really don't know. What you mean. <laughs> like I like me. It's insulting. You, me and you. Like we can hang out on the weekend, but like at Thanksgiving dinner, you know, where you're supposed to have turkey and share some turkey together. Right. Yeah. And you know, Lady G's around. Maybe maybe her family. Like I. I just don't know if that would be a good vibe for us. Like usually you and I, we we can get into trouble together. You know. What All I mean? right, Pete. So that's how. Shout kinda, out, Big Pete. You raised a terrible <laughs> he, son. He's really looking forward uh, to um, Thanksgiving weekend. My, the family will actually be in town. I know Big Pete's coming. I know. It's let's uh, chug, Big Pete. I'm looking at you. It's gonna it's gonna be a fun weekend. Anyway, uh, <laughs> review, reviewing this game again. Patrick Mahomes a tremendous game as usual. 27 of 37 through for 374 yards uh, and three touchdowns. McCole Hardman leads his normal. leads the team. Man, it's it's exciting to have a rookie skill position player that's this good. Uh, two receptions for 97 yards, uh, the touchdown 83 yards. He really does have that, you know, trait that Watkins and Hill have, where if you give him a few steps, he could be gone. The first toy drafted for Pat Mahomes. Do you think the first? Event? And he unwrapped it. He's been unwrapping <laughs> it slowly, and he's utilizing it. That's a good way to put it. Uh, I, I wonder at what point do they go and get another tight end? Not that I'm pushing Travis Kelsey out of, out of town, but he's 30 years old now. Uh, so you have to think about that. But it's been fun. Uh, Chiefs win 33-28. Uh, to 28. Uh, Thank you to, again to Bob Fesco, Ryan Wachowski, and Brandon Kiley out at Arrowhead. Chester, Dan, Steve, Big T, CJU. Your calls, Frank Clark, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, wonderful human beings. Thank you to UJ. It's been fun. Thanks, Pete. Uh, Dusty Likens. 
You can catch me this week. I'll be on 610 Sports Radio, uh, fill, you know, filling in, talking to Show and Vern, hanging out uh, with you. Pete's pick 1045. The, the nice, <laughs> that's right. Pete's pick. Uh, this has been the Arrowhead Pride postgame show uh, presented by 7th Street Casino, uh, where it's at. The Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Baltimore Ravens 33-28, to 3-0. Now turn their attention to the Detroit Lions. Uh, we'll be excited about that. The Arrowhead Pride tailgate will be back next week. and should be fun. I appreciate you listening to the show, and I hope you have a good night. Take care. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.